welcome to the second Cypher podcast. It's uh, it's good to be here again, and um, we're going to do some more uh, Bible study today, and we're going to spend some time in prayer. So I hope you've had a chance to listen to the last podcast from last week. As I said, there's going to be uh, one each week um, over the next few months. So I just want to start off by uh, reading out part of a psalm here. Um, it's going to be Psalm 119. I'm going to start reading at verses 89 going through to 96. Um, so just spend some time thinking about these words and just um, just meditate on them as I read. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures. Your laws endure to this day, for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. I have sought out your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will ponder your statutes. To all perfection I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. So this psalm, 119, um, I think is the longest psalm, actually. It's a very interesting psalm. Um, Some of you might be familiar uh, with uh, poetry. You might like poetry. And um, one form of poetry is the acrostic poem. And the idea of that is you have a word. um, It could be be follow. And the poem would be about the term follow. And each um, verse or each line would start with the letter from that word. So the first line would start with F, the second line would start with O, the third line would start with L, etc., etc. Now this um, this actual uh, poem here, this psalm, is an acrostic um, psalm, and it goes through the letters in the Hebrew alphabet, kind of starting like A, B, C, D, but in the Hebrew uh, letters. So it goes through all of those, and there's a theme through all of these verses, and the theme is the law of God, and it doesn't just mean like um, it doesn't just mean like the things that um, God has commanded us to do. It means the things that um, God longs for us to do, and it means um, all the things that He's encouraging us to do through Scripture and through the things He asks us to do daily, and um, it's a really interesting uh, psalm. Because a lot of people find commands like really hard, you know, they find them a really hard thing. Um, and you know, like for someone to say that I love, you know, uh, commands, I love your commands, Lord. It's it's a really unusual thing. And there's a whole like massive long psalm all about this, and all these different people talking about how they love uh, God's word. And I think that it's it's not because they love uh, rules. I don't think anyone really loves rules. Um, all the time you know I think it's about actually understanding that what God has for us um, is so good you know it's such an amazing thing and the reason he gives us rules you know do not smoke um, do not drink uh, masses you know do not um, lie do not use sort of crude humor um, do not bring people down you know these things that look are very attractive at times in our life um, God knows that they are not good for us and even though we might have a good time doing some of those things or there's plenty of others as well to choose from even though we might enjoy and see other people enjoying doing those things 
God has a, a greater plan. And he said, actually, no, those things aren't going to uh, bring life and, and they're going to eventually um, bring you down and bring others down. Um, I particularly like in this psalm, uh, verse 96, to all perfection I see a limit, but your command, your commands are boundless. And when I first read this, I was like, to all perfection I see a limit. I don't understand that, you know, because like the word perfection, you know, there is no, uh, there's nothing wrong with perfection. You know, perfection is the, is the best anything can be. If it's perfect, there's nothing wrong with it, right? And so I was like, so how can there be a limit to that? You know, how can there be a limit to perfection? So I, I, I was a bit confused by um, my Bible translation. So I looked at another translation. And this is from the Amplified Bible, which you can all uh, get access to um, if you have the internet. If you go on to BibleGateway.com, you can check it out. Um, so I just typed it into Bible Gateway, and this is what the Amplified Bible says. I have seen that everything human has its limits and end no matter how extensive, noble and excellent. But your commandment is exceedingly broad and extends without limits into eternity. Okay, so he's saying that everything human has its limits and end. You know, like actually, um, we can't, um, that anything that is human, it, it has an end. And it, it, it may look like great fun at the time. It may look like a really brilliant thing, but actually, it, it leads to an end and and it doesn't have um, it doesn't have uh, life at the end of it whereas he says that your commandments are uh, without limit they go into eternity and so you know actually what God has planned for us is eternal it, it's not temporary the things of this world are temporary the pleasures of this world are temporary but the pleasures of God and the hopes of God and the life that God offers is eternal life it's not temporary life. And so often, you know, sometimes you think a lot of the things God asks us to do, they, they, they seem like they're binding us, like they're trapping us. But actually, they bring freedom and they bring eternal life. And that is what God is passionate about. He's passionate about eternal life. Um, Jesus talks about it often. Um, great stuff. Uh, last week, um, we looked at Romans 8. Um, and we're going to continue looking at that now. Hi, Dave. Uh, Dave's just walked into the kitchen. Do you want to say anything for uh, Cypher, Dave? No, I try not to talk to Cypher. <laughs> Brilliant. Why, why do you try not to talk to Cypher? What's wrong with him? This might be the most spontaneously humorous podcast. Right, okay, I'll just carry on. Apparently, Dave doesn't want to talk, but there we go. Um, so, we looked at Romans 8 a little bit last week, and we're going to uh, continue looking at that now. So we got down to the end of verse 8 um, last week, and we're going to take it up at verse 9 and go through to verse 17. Uh, so just have a listen, and I'll share some thoughts. Um, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ... He does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who, loves, who lives in you. 
Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Um, Romans always seems very wordy to me. You know, I don't know if you ever played that game at school um, where there's a teacher that says a word like a lot of times. We used to have a woman uh, teacher, a cooking teacher at my school, and she I, she looked about eighty. Like bless her, she probably was nowhere near that age. But uh, to me and to you know the other guys in my class, she looked very old. And she said okay like all the time she'd just be like right you get the cooking bowl okay um and and you put your contents in it okay we need lots of flour okay um and we're gonna, you know we're gonna make a cake okay and she'd just go on like this uh, all the time and we found it really hard to uh, pay attention to what she was saying because she just kept saying okay uh, and one day it's a bit like when craig says do you know what i mean <laughs> thanks dave that was really kind really I feel really uplifted um, so you know people repeat stuff and, and one time this teacher said okay often um, there was a class that um, went into a classroom before the lesson had started before the teacher was there and uh, it was in the days of those whiteboards that you could sort of flip over so that you couldn't see what was on one side and and you could pull it down it was kind of like on a, on a large wheel thing and um, they'd written okay about 150 times on this board just waiting to see her reaction uh, when she did it and she eventually pulled it down and she was just she was just like gutted like she was just like what have you done you've put this on my uh, on my board like I feel really bad now and it was a, it was a horrible thing um, but I, I kind of feel that this is a bit like what um, Paul is like he uses the word spirit um, and life and death and 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 all these other words like he uses them constantly and so you just end up just thinking what has he just said like i just said a lot of words and i'm really not sure what's going on here um and so these these passages can be really hard to get into um so i'm just going to share a few thoughts but i find this stuff really hard as well um i find it really hard and um, the first time i read romans i just didn't have a clue like, i was just like what is this it's just it's probably one of the hardest things i've ever tried to read in my life it's a bit like when I try and read newspapers. I don't understand them either. Um, so he's talking about um, the Spirit of God. In the, in the first part of chapter 8, he talks about how uh, we're no longer condemned um, because we have life in Christ. And he's kind of continuing on that theme here. Um, he's saying that we're, we're no longer controlled by uh, the sinful nature, which comes from uh, that part in, in, in Genesis you know, with Adam and Eve. Where they chose uh, to eat fruit from the knowledge of good and evil, they chose to live uh, choosing uh, their own decisions, you know, making their own decisions. Um, and so, like in reversal of that, what God does is He uh, fills us with God's Spirit, so that we can live by Him and be dependent upon Him, so that we can belong to Christ. 
Now, in Galatians 2, verse 20, um, and it carries on after that, it says, um, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Uh, th that verse in Galatians 2.20 onwards um, is very similar to what he's saying in this passage here. He's saying, you know, we're not living now the life of the flesh. We're not living the life of the sinful nature. In, in, the, in the Greek, those two things are the same meaning. So the word flesh and the words sinful nature mean the same thing. They're from the same Greek word, essentially. Um, so the life that we live in the flesh, um, we've, we're putting to death constantly you know what we're doing is we're just asking God to uh, crucify areas in our life that are sinful and are of the flesh and we're allowing resurrection we're allowing God's life to take place of that death in our lives so that's why he says um, that's why he says we, we have to uh, we have to share in his sufferings so that we must all, so that we may also share in His glory in verse 17. So you know, like it's going to be hard. This it's not easy. This uh, dying to self and being raised to life in God is a painful thing, and that's why it says sharing His sufferings. It's a really hard thing. But what He offers us is, um, is he, he calls us heirs and co-heirs with Christ. So an, an heir, you know, like when someone leaves a will and, um, you know, like we, we call people heirs because they receive something uh, from someone who, who has died and, and passes that on to people. So, you know, if I was the heir of my parents' possessions, I would receive, you know, their belongings. I'd see, receive their uh, stuff that they want to leave for me. Now, essentially, that's what God is saying he's going to do for us. We are co-heirs with Christ. So God has given everything to Christ. It says that he's put everything under Christ's feet in the Bible. And he's given all of himself to Christ. And he offers us that same thing. He says, I will give you everything that I have that is good. But to receive that life, to receive all of that goodness, and I mean life in, 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 in the way of describing like all the goodness of God, you know, that life, that eternal life that he's speaking about, he offers us that. He offers us to become adopted into God's family to receive God's glory. Oh, that's, that's great. I love that. I love that. And so that we can cry, Abba, Father. We can say, God, you are my God. You are my father, my daddy, my uh, parent. You know, like, and, and now I am... In, in your family, a true child of God. So the Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So the Spirit of God is the thing that identifies us as God's child. If we have the Spirit of God, we are identified as God's child. Now in John 3, um, we see the discourse between Nicodemus, uh, a Pharisee, He's very um, he's he's very high up in in the in the rankings as a Jewish leader, and he's asking uh, Jesus about how to receive this a life, this eternal life, this uh, kingdom that Jesus has been preaching about, and the words that uh, Jesus says to him: "You must be born of God." 
You must be born from above. And so he's saying, be born of the Spirit. You must be born of the Spirit. You must become a child of God. And that is what identifies you as, 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 um, as God's child, is when you have the Spirit within you. And then you can share in God's glory. You can share in the possessions that God has given to Christ to give and, and given to us as God's children. Oh, there's so much abundance and richness in that. But we have to die to self. And we have to share in Christ's suffering so that we can be raised to life again. Great stuff. Let's just pray. Lord, I thank you that you have uh, called us co-heirs with Christ. I thank you that you have provided your best for us. And that now we can live by the Spirit of God. We can have eternal life, life full of abundance and goodness, Lord. And, and sometimes it seems like the ways of the world can be so attractive. Uh, and and they, seem like, they seem like freedom, Lord. But I know that they bring, they bring death and hurt and sorrow, Lord. But your ways are the best ways, Lord. Your ways are good, and I'm thankful for that. So Lord, I just pray that you would bless us. Bless us in Jesus' name. Spirit of God, come. Amen. That's the end of Cypher Podcast number two. Tune in next week for the next episode.